It's called, Are We Fishers of Men? I know that's a simple phrase, and we always go, oh, yeah, we're fishers of men, you know, Jesus called fishers of men. But I'm going to go in a little deeper with you. We're going to talk about some fish today. Is there any fishermen in here? Any, any fisher? Okay, oh, fisherwoman, fisherman, fisher, okay, fisher people. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about fish today. Uh, we're all a bunch of fish. We have different needs. Don't, don't different fish have different lures? Don't you fish differently with different types of fish? Well, let's talk about that today. When you go fishing, do you take a lot of people with you? No, you like the quietness. You wanna just sit out there and whether you catch anything or not, it's just the action of sitting there fishing. It's, re it's relaxing. Maybe you might bring a friend, but they sit on the rock about 20 feet from you, right? You're not together. You're not like sitting next to each other. Because you want to be able to catch the bigger fish. You don't want to get your nets and all your, your whatever those are. Ugh. Wires all. What is it called? <laughs> Line. Thank you. See, I'm not a fisherman. Okay. Uh, you don't want your lines all tangled. So you separate and fish from there. Sometimes people fish and don't catch a thing, but they sure enjoy the experience. Well, I'm going to be talking about winning fish. What kind of fish do you reel in? We got a lot of people out in the world that we want to reel in, but how we reel them in is going to decide on if they stay or if they get off the hook and run. Okay? So there's different ways of reeling people in. I like this Proverbs 11.30, it says, He that wins souls is wise. So what I'm going to share with you a little bit today is a little bit of wisdom. Let's learn a little bit about that person in your life to see what it is they need. Use that lore to speak with them. You don't want to speak to a three-year-old about something that's a 12th grade subject. You want to speak to them there. That's why I believe Paul said, I've become all things to all men. It wasn't that he was sinning and being like them. No, he was hearing where they're at and met them where they were and took care of them in their need. That's what I believe he was doing. And I think we need to do the same thing. So are we using... Bible thumping as a hook? Are we giving grace? Are we speaking the truth in love? I like the quote, and I'm sure you've all heard it, fish or cut bait. What does that mean? It means to stop waiting but act on something or disengage from it. Discernment is going to help you decide which one of those to do. People are saved when they come to the truth. That's the bait Jesus uses. Do you know that Jesus used live bait <coughs> himself? I think that's kind of cool. He uses live bait. Uh, Psalm 145, 18 says, here's the bottom line. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. But, there's a, a, a but, to all them that call upon him in lies. Uh-uh calls upon him in truth. Does he hear everybody that calls upon him? He can. 
but he's going to listen to those more who speak the truth. You know, there's so many people that say to me, oh, I can't say that out loud because I don't want God to know. Excuse me, God already knows, and I think I preach into the choir here, that when you speak the truth, all mm, will hit the fan. Have you ever spoke the truth to somebody and go, you know what, I need to tell you something, but I don't know if you're going to be able to receive it very well. Have you ever done that with anybody? And then you don't say anything. So then you just go through life like this. No, God wants you to be honest and truthful with all men at all times. Amen. And if it hits the fan, it meant it's supposed to hit the fan. So then you can do something about it when it all starts to fly and land on the ground around you. We're trying to put a lid on all these worms. We talked about it last week. We have a lot of worms. We need to let the lid off and let them worms go everywhere. It says 1 Timothy. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications and prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. You can't have salvation without truth. You can't come to God and say, hey, I'm just going to, you know, come like I am. And we always say that, come just as you are. But you need to take the just as you are part and say to God, this is how I am. That's the honesty part. 1 John 4, 13 says, we know that we dwell in him and he is in us because he's given us of his spirit. We know that we're saved because we were changed. Anybody, when you received Christ, did you change? Did you stop doing a few things that you used to do? Did you start doing some things that you never did? Like go to church, read your Bible, pray for somebody. Amen. Go, you know, uh, not go shopping when you could have gone with friends, but yet you wanted to go to Bible study. There's a difference in your heart when you receive Christ, and you know it. Did you know that many will want to come to Christ, but they cannot? Did you know that? We are to fish for people, and we're to do all we can do, but it's still up to God to give the increase. We can water and we can plant, but God gives the increase. He's the one that saves the people. We can't save the people. It does say winning souls is wise, but God's the Savior. He's the one that saves. Luke 13, 25, and I thought this was very interesting to read. Then said one to him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said to them, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. Wow. Not everybody that calls upon the Lord is going to be saved. Why? Because they're not doing it in truth. I just don't want to go to hell, but I'm still going to live like the hell. See, when we share Christ with others, it's up to the Lord to draw them in. Not us. In ministry, or even with you, maybe you have friends that you go, you know, I gave them some good advice. I'm going to call them up and see how they're doing with that advice. It's not your job to follow them around to see if they're doing what you said. <laughs> That's up to the Holy Spirit and God. 
John 6, 44 says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. No man can come to the Father except he draws the man. You can say all you want to anybody you want to. And don't get all upset at yourself because they're not re re accepting Christ as their Savior on the spot. You, you plant, you can water, you can add a few scriptures, you can live a testimonial life. But you got to believe that no man except the Lord draw them. Draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. I said that earlier. And it says in 1 Corinthians 2, But the natural man receives not the things of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. On Wednesday night, this passage of Scripture has really spoke to me. Day after day after day, since Wednesday night, it's in Luke 18, verse, uh, end of the verse, where it talks about... We live in darkness if you hate one another. Hate is a lie. If, if you're living in hate, you're lying, basically. Because it says right there, if you live and you don't love your brother and you hate your brother, you're in darkness. And you can't even see. It's like uh, Butch would say, you know, you go to a cavern and it's completely black in the cavern. You can't. You can't even see your hand in front of your eyes when there's no light in there. It's absolutely pitch black. That's how a hateful, unforgiving, bitter person walks around the world. In darkness. That's a lot of darkness. When we draw nigh to him, though, he will draw to us. And his light then shines on the darkness. Matthew 5.18 says, This people draws nigh to me with their mouth. And honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, he draws people. He also uses us to draw people. And I wanted to bring this up, uh, Greg. He had, on his own little time, his own little life, he picked up a bunch of these tracks. And there's some out on the counter there to just kind of, it's like a little lure. Put it on a reception desk or where you go to eat or something, you know, just leave them on the table there because somebody, one out of a hundred, might take the bait. And we have these available to you. See, we don't know when we're fishing for men who we're going to catch. What does Matthew 4, 17 through 22 say? And this is my scripture for today. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and <coughs> followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two others, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and they immediately immediately left their ship and their father and followed him. How many people go, you know, I'm going to do that, but i got to first go fix this. i got to make sure that's working at my house. i got to make sure my kids are fed. Everything's happening before I can come. No, they immediately left the ship, their father, and followed him. Think about it. So what is the job? What is our job as a disciple? Because when, they, when God calls us, we become his disciple. Did you know that? Did you know that we're all his disciples that come 
to know Jesus. Matthew 29 tells us, verse 19, Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe and do all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know, that was the, the, I think that was the verse we even used in our play. When Jesus was at the very end, his hands were out and it says, Go, therefore, and teach all nations. And that's what he's left with us, to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go do some fishing as fishers of men, as disciples. Luke 5, 1, 3 through 5 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by them at the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Do you know that sometimes fishing is simply teaching? Just share your life with somebody. Because only when someone comes to truth can they receive salvation. Use your testimony. Use your testimony. Use what God has done for you. In our Bible study, we talk about remember the good that God has done in your life. And then you can tell somebody, guess what? Hmm, back when that happened to me, this is what God did for me. And you're using it as a lure to draw them in. So God can take his little wheel and go, pull him in. See, we're like the lures out there. You know, we're kind of picking people. And then it's God that's going to go, and reel them all in. So release yourself from the responsibility of getting everybody saved. You just do your part. You just love. You just know that God's uh, uh, on the throne. He's taking care of all your issues and their issues. You know, sometimes when we go to people, we need to say, what can I do for you? Is that a Lord? Absolutely. Because you're saying to them, they're important. But if you go in there and start telling them all the stuff that God's doing for you all the time, and they're like looking at you, well, God doesn't do that for me. Then they're going to really run the other way and get off the hook and not even want to come to church. But you go into their life, and like Paul did, I became that person. I became that person because I'm going to go into that life and say, hey, what can I do for you? Do you have a request in your family? Is there somebody sick I can pray for? That's what we're to do. That's the fishers of men. Our calling that God did for us, was it in a group? <laughs> or did he call you heart by heart by heart by heart? And he wants us to do the same for others. Did you know that the Lord finds the fish? What about Noah? We talked about it for a brief second this morning about the big fish. God used a big fish to lure and get Noah. Jonah. Excuse me, Jonah. <laughs> always get the names mixed up. Who said that? <laughs> oh, thank you. Our Bible study teacher straightened me out. Okay. Um, so. It was great. Why don't we say, say Noah? <laughs> well, he had fish too, but it was in the water. Anyway. Um, yeah, so Jonah. He got ate by a big fish, but we'll talk about that in a second. So the Lord finds the fish. Did you know that the Lord finds the fish? But the Lord liveth and brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands hither, and he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishers, said the Lord. 
and they shall fish them, and after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt for them, and every mountain, from every hill, out of every hole of the rock, for my eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face. God finds the fish. He goes into the holes, he goes into the rocks, he goes into the mountains, he goes into the sea. The Lord seeks people, and he sends us as his disciples to go out into those little places to talk to them, to share our life with them. So the final say on who is saved is up to us. No. It's up to the Lord. The final say on who is saved is up to the Lord. We don't know who will be caught in Christ's net. We are to water and plant that God gives the increase. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 says that. So neither is he that plants is anything or he that waters is anything, but God that gives the increase. So let me talk to you a little bit about some fish. Do you use different bait? Like I said earlier, yes. How will you lure them? You know, John 10, 14 says this, I am the good shepherd and the, they know my, and know my sheep and I am known of mine. So the sheep hear his voice, the sheep know him. You know, Jesus is represented of two types of people, a shepherd and a teacher. So he's got Thing, you know, he's using his way of doing, what, what is your way of talking to people? Are you a teacher? Are you a leader? Are you a giver? Use your giftings as the bait to speak to people. And then listen to what they need and use what you have to meet what they need. I'm telling you what, you're going to see a lot of lives changed. Because they're going to think, oh, this person really cares about me. So what kind of bait are we using? I'm going to talk to you about a few fishies. How about a barracuda? Have you ever heard anybody be called a barracuda? Oh, they're a barracuda. <laughs> what does it mean to be a barracuda? It's a popular fish because of how well they fight. Are you up against a fighter when you talk to somebody? It's generally recommended that people don't eat barracuda. You don't want to eat a barracuda. They contain some of the highest known levels of, of toxin of any fish. Infected fish aren't harmed, but the poison is dangerous for humans. So, let's look at that barracuda. Are you fishing for a fighter? Is there somebody in your life that's just got their dukes up, man? <laughs> They're ready to fight. You know what our bait needs to be? As I was praying about it, maybe you know, but I'm just going to throw out a few. Truth. Just truth. Let the chips fall where they may. Let's get past all of that trying to step on eggshells and I can't upset them and get them all worked out. Now, I'm going to just use some truth. They love to be in strength. They love to be strong. Then you use strength. You be strong. Forgiveness and love. Determination and grounding. Conviction. Honesty. Don't mess around. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. That's a barracuda. That's how you're going to win a barracuda. How about the bass? Does anybody fish for bass? They can grow quite large and they're very tasty. Are you fishing for the popular, because it's a popular fish? Are we just after the well-known actors and people that make a lot of money? Are we allowing God to use us in the people that don't have anything? A snapper, okay, I don't even have to go any farther. Do you have a snappy person in your life? 
They tend to have firm, light-tasting flesh. This has made them a prized commodity in seafood markets around the world. They are wound tight. That's how I was reading it. They're firm in what they believe, but what kind of bait are you using? Can you get in there a little bit and help nudge them? See? See how the different types of things we need to use with the different fish? A bullhead. Any bullheaded people in your life? You know what a bullheaded person is, right? Okay. A type of catfish. And they're bottom feeders. All right. Man, move the bottom feeder. They're a lazy fish. They just lay there and they go, I don't know if they have a tongue, but they just get the insect, they lay on the ground, you know. Um, they, he's slow to hear is a bulldog, is a bullfish, bullhead. Bottom feeders, very low. But are you using the right bait to reach these people? Because they're savable. Carp, they're unique. They're like a goldfish and koi. They're valued for their appearance and make great pets. They're unique. They can live for months without oxygen. They can live a long time without reading their Bible. How many people haven't have known somebody that they started out reading the Bible and then they never you've never seen them pick it up since? That's a carp. So what kind of bait will you use? I like the angelfish. Angelfish, they carefully care for and protect their eggs together as a couple. <laughs> Those are hard to find angel, angel people. Now I like this one, clownfish. Now we're familiar with it with Finding Nemo. But do you know that a clownfish is born male? There's no female clownfish. They become female, but they can never go back to being male. So how many transgender people do we need to talk to today? How many people are homosexuals or living those kinds of lives? How, what kind of bait are you going to use for clownfish? There's over 50 types of fish, and I only took, took, you know, pulled out a few, but we have to realize that the, the bait we use, we need to understand the fish. What do we do? We listen. Do you know anybody that you have a conversation with and you can't get a word in edgewise? Constantly talks about what they're doing. You'll say, you know what, I really, I actually, Got a big old splinter in my toe. Oh, I remembered when that happened to me, and I'm and, and then they didn't even pray for you about your toe. They're off into some la la land. No, we need to listen to one another. Butch would say that. Well, we've got two ears, two eyes, and one mouth, right? We got to listen. I need to say I gotta listen more too, but this is awesome because we are all growing in this together. We're all gonna start listening to one another. We're gonna start, remember I said earlier, it, before we even started to talk that we need to be sensitive to one another. If you feel like, oh, you know, I really need to speak to Susan because there's just something on my heart, do it. Don't go, ooh, they're gonna look at me, let them. 
You see what I'm saying? We need to just be so sensitive and to the Holy Spirit to say, oh, I need to go talk to so-and-so. I think Gloria said this the, uh, to me the other day. She goes, you know, I was, I was thinking about, you know, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> and God said, you get up and pray for so-and-so. And she got up and prayed for so-and-so. We need to just listen. We need to hear the Spirit, and then we need to listen to one another. How about, I'm going to give you one more fish. The damselfish. The damselfish. They're strong, aggressive, and territorial. Some damselfish have tamed shrimp. And they defend and keep as pets. Okay, sounds like a Jezebel spirit to me a little bit. Strong, aggressive, controlling, and territorial. What kind of bait are you going to use? Because every person is savable and reachable, but we need to know what kind of bait to use to draw them. So God can take his little wheel, reel, not wheel, reel, and yank them in and bring them forever. It's, it's forever. So John 21, 6 in closing. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you will find. And they cast therefore and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. So God is saying to us, I want you to draw your net wide. Don't be narrow-minded and think, oh, I'm just going to go after the pretty one. I'm just going to go after the one that I think is going to be respectable. <coughs> I think I'm going to talk to them because they like me. You cast your net wide. And let God speak to you on how to speak to the different fish in your life so he can reel them in. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God which knows no man but the spirit. The spirit in you knows what fish to talk to. Sometimes you've got to throw the fish back. Sometimes you've got to throw the fish back. Again, the big fish, the cat, Noah, that's Noah, Jonah. Sometimes God uses fish to catch us too. Paul knew the people he was to minister to. He knew in 1 Corinthians 9, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law is under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law and without law that I might gain them without law. He became. He says, to the weak I became as weak that I might gain the weak. All this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partakers of you. So we need to know whom we are witnessing to. What tools do we have? And I'm going to close with this little list. We can hand out material. We can give them a Bible. We can ask them what it is that they need. Pray for them. All these little things that you can do. But in conclusion, to be a fisher of men, we first need to be a disciple of Jesus. He will show you what bait to use for each individual if you wait and listen. We don't catch, catch fish in groups. It's one by one. We need to take the time to know who we are witnessing to. Listen to them before talking. Find out what their needs are before telling them a lot of stuff about you. And to understand what tactic to use to draw them in for the Lord to accept them. Because again, it's the Lord <coughs> that accepts them. 
Are we giving people hope today that they can do it, whatever it is that they want to do in life? So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this message. We thank you that you um, are helping us to draw people by your spirit. But it is you that has the final say on who gets to enter into the kingdom. We're going to do our part. We're going to love one another. We're going to see what somebody might need. We're going to uh, be more compassionate and understanding with those around us. We're going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We're going to listen from this day forth more than we've ever listened to the Holy Spirit moving. And even our own conscience telling us when we see somebody on the side of the road needing a couple dollars. Father, you're going to give us the ability to use the right bait for every individual we come in contact with. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.